by next year, South Africa's economy is expected to surpass Nigeria as the biggest economy on the continent. This according to IMF's projections, which forecast a GDP of $401 billion for South Africa by 2024, with Nigeria and Egypt following closely with $395 and $354 billion, respectively. Razia Khan, who's MD and Chief Economist for Africa and Middle East Global Research and Standard Chartered Bank, joins us with her analysis of these expectations. Razia, thank you for being with us this afternoon and hello good afternoon all right maybe uh Raza, if you can help us put these three economies into context um and where we stand today versus where the imf is forecasting thank you so first of all it's really important to realize that for much of recent history right up to nigeria's 2013 gdp rebasing the broad consensus was that the south african economy was the larger economy at that time now we know that the gdp rebasing exercise took into account a great deal of the informal economy in nigeria we also know that nigeria is the most populous country in africa so if it hadn't been 2013, it would only have been a matter of time before it eventually did become the largest economy. What has been making the news recently are the IMF's projections for 2024. First of all, there's nothing remarkable about the fact that South Africa, as the IMF puts it, briefly becomes the region's largest economy in 2024, when up until a decade ago, this was broadly accepted that it was the largest economy. Second, if we're looking at those three economies that are all very close to the top spot, South Africa, Nigeria, Egypt, there are currently significant foreign exchange liquidity issues in both Nigeria and Egypt. So if we continue to see the Nigerian Naira weakening, if we continue, if we see at some point more currency flexibility in Egypt, this could well have a bearing on the dollar GDPs of these different economies. Basic point, it's not new news. It doesn't really mean that much. The more important thing that we need to look at is the growth trajectory, the likely growth trajectory for each of those economies. I'm glad actually you mentioned that, uh, you know, Razia, because my initial thought was, so what, <laughs> you know, uh, if this does happen. But let's talk about these uh, individual economies. Nigeria is well within new reforms as President Bolatinubu's come in. We are seeing a strained population. Uh, but of course, these long term reforms are meant to change the structure of that economy quite a bit. Egypt as well. They're in talks with the IMF and South Africa with many broken assets. So, you know, what does that really mean in the greater scheme of things? And even, uh, you know, in the progression of of the African continent. So looking to the near term, although there is an expectation that in Egypt some of the recent external challenges are going to be compounded, this could take away from growth, inflation in Egypt is currently running higher than it is in any of those economies. Food price inflation has been in the 70% range in Egypt. And it's going to take quite a lot policy-wise to try to stabilize that. Nonetheless, there is still the belief that with export momentum. Egypt is within sight of stronger growth. Interestingly, it's the only one of those three economies that runs a sizable primary surplus. There has been a real effort in Egypt on the fiscal side to 
try to deal with the debt overhang to try to achieve a primary budget surplus. Of course, given the cost of debt servicing, the overall deficit remains quite elevated. Nigeria is also a very interesting case to consider. Nigeria is seeing strong reform momentum. Let's not forget that the partial lifting of fuel subsidies, we say partial now because more adjustment is needed, signifies still one of the most significant reforms that Nigeria has seen in its recent economic history. But the global growth outlook is going to make things quite difficult for Nigeria. In particular, there's a lot of discussion around whether Nigeria's production quota, its OPEC production quota, depending on the production levels reached at the end of this month, could be cut quite significantly for 2024. So not only has oil production in Nigeria been running below trends, but the likelihood is that production could be capped at a lower level for all of next year. We'll have to see whether this is in fact going to be the case. And what that does mean is that Nigeria will become that much more dependent on momentum in the non-oil sector to drive its economic growth. Of course, the building blocks for that are in place, but there's still a very difficult currency adjustment and economic stabilization to have to undergo before we get a better sense of how strong that near-term growth momentum in Nigeria is. The great news is there are reforms that should lift medium-term growth, but the near-term does look very uncertain. Finally, South Africa. Against all odds, despite the load shedding, we've seen an economy that's been more resilient to that load shedding. Of course, South Africa, by nature of its longer term trajectory, has been stuck in this place of weak growth for some time. But fast forward to 2024 and the possibility that load shedding eases very significantly and you do have a boost to growth. Nonetheless, there will be other headwinds for South Africa. The extent of Reserve bank tightening that we've seen out of necessity so far is going to be feeding through to the economy with a lagged effect. This has a big impact on consumer behavior. No question about that. And the external outlook, the slowdown in the global economy still creates some level of uncertainty for South Africa. But the most important point, I think, is that each of these major African economies is in sight of being on a growth trajectory. Notwithstanding the near-term difficulties, notwithstanding the near-term challenges, immense in the case of each of those economies, the more important point is we are seeing the adoption of reforms that should at least help to create some growth over the medium term. Marisa, before I let you go, I'm keen to also then get uh, your thoughts on currency volatility and how then it does play out into, uh, you know, this trajectory uh, for uh, all three of these countries. Uh, just considering the strengthening of the dollar, especially as the higher for longer narrative persists. So that's a really good point. And in South Africa, with its completely flexible currency market, all that pressure is priced in. The dollar is strong. Dollar rand is where it is. But should we see a change in that over the course of next year? Should we see more economic data pointing to a U.S. economic slowdown? We could see within certain scenarios, more interest in emerging markets, high-yielding emerging markets, South Africa could be a very key beneficiary of that trend. In terms of being able to attract that scale of foreign portfolio investment in either Nigeria or Egypt 
it's going to be much more difficult. Investors will demand a much higher risk premium in Nigeria because of what happened recently in recent years with currency management in Nigeria. And even higher rates may not mean that Nigeria sees significant inflows into its local currency debt market, not with inflation being so strong. In Egypt, the policy choice of the authorities seems to be keep the FX rates steady, especially heading into elections. There are lots of social stability considerations. And this means Egypt isn't likely to be the beneficiary of substantial amounts of fixed income portfolio investment anytime soon. So yes, we're in a strong dollar environment. It's pressuring everyone. But the most likely contender for a recovery following this is the South African rand. Because its markets are open, because it has maintained a flexible exchange rate throughout, because of the strength of its inflation targeting regime. Well, Raja, that's all we have time for today, but thank you for speaking to us. I think you've certainly helped us contextualize uh, this forecast a little bit better than uh, before. Thank you so much. That was Razia Khan, MD and Chief Economist for Africa and Middle East Global Research at Standard Chartered Bank.